Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> hi, Instagram. And hi, YouTube. Uh, how are you all today? Today, we're talking about Fear Factory. How exciting. I mean, totally new to us band. <laughs> I mean, isn't the name, isn't it? New to us, Fear Factory. So um, how did it even happen? Why Fear Factory? So we put out a post, didn't yeah. we? Asking, we just basically wanted to find out you guys' favourite bands. And yeah. you came back to us in droves. You, there were lots of Slayers, lots of Fear yeah. Factories. Lots of Fear Metallicas, we've really done a Metallica yeah. one. And we thought, you know, Slayer are not new to us. Um, no. And we thought Fear Factory, that's an interesting yeah. one because I've heard lots about them. Haven't heard any music. Mm. Um, they've been playing, they, they've played at festivals that I've been to. Yeah. You know, I just never checked them out. They've always clashed with another band. And we thought, screw it, why not just check out check yeah. out this this new band? So in another new to us, we're here. Um, we've got six songs, I think, six or seven, six songs that you gave us. So yeah. when we told you guys that we were going to do a Fear Factory video, you guys came and you told us a bunch of songs to do. I think we had like 10 song recommendations and we, we've chosen six of them. And everyone yeah. who commented, we've chosen at least one of your yeah. songs, I believe. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do is just going to talk a little bit about industrial metal because that's really important. Yeah. Then we're going to just do like we did with the Queen's video. For anyone who tuned into that one, we just you know for the research we've done, we're just going to give you kind of like a timeline of Fear Factory. That's yeah. what we've learned, and then the songs that we've chosen, we're going to go a little bit in depth and just tell you about our opinions and our thoughts yeah. on them. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Ready to go? Yes, I am. I'm just going to ask uh, YouTube viewers, <coughs> could you please? Tell us if you can see us and hear us okay, because we had a little <laughs> hiccup with the video. So, yeah, please just tell us in the chat if you can hear us, please. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Greg on. Ready to go. Yeah. Next. And right. So I think the most important thing is that Fear Factory are one of the most notable uh, industrial metal bands. Yeah. Um, now, so I thought it was important to say what is industrial metal. Yeah. So industrial metal is this. It is industrial music and it is metal music. So the industrial music, you're talking about mechanical sounding stuff. You know, you actually want things to sound industrial. Yeah. Mechanics, uh, machines working, um, experiment. But, but as well as this, you've got an experimental and, a and, an, and an electronic sound as well. So this means that the use of synths, keyboards, yep manufactured sounds industrial sounds you know that's why we use the word that's your industrial part and your metal part is obviously your heavy riffs your growling your distorted yeah. guitars all that stuff so from industrial we get mechanical experimental and electronic and from metal we take the aggression the instrumentation and basically the attitude mm -hmm. in the late 80s you had bands like ministry god flesh nine inch nails who are pioneering and really innovating this industrial metal sound uh, specifically three albums you guys should check out that's early industrial uh ministry's land of rape and honey god flesh's street cleaner and nine inch nails pretty hate machine as the industrial uh, metal scene grew and expanded and gained popularity into the mid 90s you had a lot more bands coming out taking on this new style mm. you've got marilyn manson kmfdm yeah. uh pitch shifter fear factory is one of them ramstein rob zombie yeah. It kind of exploded, and it, yeah. it's interesting. It kind of went in conjunction with new metal as well, which I think is interesting because we're going to touch on it, it a bit in this video. Well, actually, um, we have a comment saying, "Never heard Fear Factory," so don't know they've never heard at all. Either. No, good. But I do love Rammstein and Marilyn Manson. There you go. This might be for you then. Yep. Um, so some seminal and important albums in the '90s to do with industrial metal. You've got Rammstein's Senschacht, 
which you checked out today, didn't you? Yeah, I loved it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, Fear Factory's Demanufacture. You've mm. definitely got a song from that album because that is considered their top one. And Rom Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. These are examples of mid-90s albums that took the attitude and the idea of the late 80s albums and yeah. just kind of developed it more, made it a bit more electronic, a bit more experimental, mm -hmm. a bit more technical, overall a bit more industrial. Yeah. Uh, as of today, people are still experimenting with different textures, tones, sounds, all, uh, and it's all under the guise of um, industrial metal. They're fusing it a lot more, you know, all this information that I'm telling you now is from our reel. So you should go and check yeah. out our industrial metal reel. Um, but nowadays you get uh, industrial metal fusing with other genres like techno, punk, EDM, synthwave, metalcore even. Uh, and yeah. some bands, uh, some industrial metal bands or some bands that could be considered industrial metal today. You've got Teeth, Outlier, Author and Punisher, The Witch Was Right and per 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 Perturbator. Just to, just to name a few, there's plenty more out there, but those are kind of the big ones of modern industrial metal. Great. So, Fear Factory. Fear Factory. Fear Factory. We'll start. That the first thing that we both noticed with Fear Factory is how much their lineup changed oh, and how there was a, uh, an influx of members going in and out. Yeah. So, I'm just going to list the classic lineup for those who are interested. So, on vocals, you've got Burton C. Bell. On guitars, you've got Dino Cazares. And on bass, you've got Christian Walbers, and drums, you've got Raymond Herrera. This changed multiple times. Yeah. There was many iterations of them, but that is what is considered the classic Fear Factory lineup. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start on the Fear Factory journey. Let's. So in 1989, the band was formed in LA by Dino Cazares and Burton C. Bell. And the initial name of the band was actually Ulceration. Yeah, I read about yeah. that. Interesting. Don't like that. I no, me neither. Fear I prefer Fear, Fear Factory. Factory's cooler, yeah. And do you know how uh, the name actually came about? It was something to do Fear Factory. Fear Factory. Okay. Um, something to do with their rehearsal studios being near a factory that was guarded by uh, people like guards with guns and Fear Factory. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. That's... I like it when names have a story. I know. Them. But, you know, it's actually a very common thing when a band gets inspired by their surroundings at the time yeah. and the name like an album. It's a story. It's like, yeah, that, it there's, your, there's your story. So yeah, there you go. Um, so the first song that we were asked to listen to is called Big God Slash Raped Souls. Now this came from the 1992 debut album called Soul of a New Machine. And this album was basically a fusion of death metal and industrial elements if you like you know you sung electronic and keyboard synth yeah. stuff going on in there but i think predominantly it was a bit of a death metal album yeah um what, what were your thoughts on big gold rape souls well um i was shocked to hear those death growls and i mean they were proper death growls yeah. like they were so deep and then clean vocals straight afterwards i was like oh that's cool i like that that's such a big contrast and that's very death metally as well well the only industrial metal i'd known before this was a bit of rammstein Same. some marilyn manson and yeah. some uh, nine inch nails and all of those have a kind of um a stable vocal yeah tone yes if you like if exactly. that's what you're so to, that's to, a, yeah. to an agreement with exactly. you to hear those death metal growls come and then just something completely clean. I was like, oh, what's mm, going on here? Yeah. No, it's very interesting. And I think this becomes like sort of their thing throughout. Yeah. Because he never just 
sings cleanly mm. or he never just growls or he never just distorts you know there's a bit of everything i think yeah. and, and that's cool i like that i do uh but we just recently did a live stream on death uh and death metal and chuck shoulder now so uh as soon as i heard that song i was like oh death metal so, yeah Definitely. It is it is very death metal mm. in its aggression, in the intensity, yeah. and even to an extent the production. I didn't think the production on the first song was great. Um, it did the job, but I don't think, yeah, it was far from perfect. I thought the clean vocals, whenever they came around, they it kind of made it a little more progressive, just gave it a little mm. bit more atmosphere. Because yeah. whenever, uh, I think this is a theme throughout most of these songs, and, and we might be lucky that we just picked the six songs that this all happens with, but I imagine it's probably a consistent thing for them. You've got quite heavy verses with some screaming or shouting or aggressiveness. Yeah. And then choruses are just clean vocals. I reckon it's like their <clears> formula. Yeah, and it, if it works, why not? Um, but we get that for the first, uh, for our first time in this song. Yes. Um, and I think the one thing I did notice is there was already signs of new metal and groove yeah. metal. Yeah, yes. Bouncy verses, the production uh simplified riffs and grooves now although there were some very technical moments in all of these songs moments, yeah i still think there were some moments where the riff was just simple for the sake of it hmm. and that's a good thing hmm. you know when you say something's complicated for the sake of it that's not a good thing because you're, you're insinuating that the artist is trying to purposely be complicated but sometimes less is more yeah. and i like it you know the thing i love about new metal and you do too is that it, it's, it's simple new metal was the answer to neo metal so towards the end of the 80s you had bands like pantera yeah. and uh i don't know any off the top of my head who were who were playing quite complicated music and this is what they called neo metal mm -hmm. i think that was a, a harken back to like the neoclassicalism uh so yeah. new classical music which we know classical music is very um intricate and complex and so the answer to neo metal and neo means new by the way um when you had this complicated music other bands were saying well hold on we can't keep up with this level of complexity so we're mm. going to make a, a new kind of metal that became new metal that was simpler and simplified cool. yeah um and so yeah that, that's what that's the that's why you have these simplicity things in new mm -hmm. metal uh and i just found it interesting that although in this song there was quite a lot of complex stuff some really yeah. hard stuff to play yeah you also had the other side of it which was groovy and new just yeah keeping things simple yeah i thought the drums were quite death metally in mm -hmm. places in rhythms i think rhythmically it was quite busy and yeah. um and very really in your face kind of thing i enjoyed that though mm, i did yeah. i think it was great and it worked really well with the vocals um so yeah no really enjoyed it really really did actually yeah we'll do the next one yeah let's let's so this was um 1992 soul of a new machine album okay if we i don't know if we said that don't remember uh but the next album is called demanufacture and is supposedly one of their most famous yeah that's the one that every fear factory fan will tell you i'll go and check yeah. this one out this one came out in 1995 and as, yeah. as you just said it is considered their their opus magnum you know the yeah. the best one they've done um it was it's considered a classic industrial metal album and not because it's overly used of uh, it's overuse of uh, electronics and keyboards and synth mm -hmm. sounds but just because it started incorporating them into in a much more um in your face kind of way it wasn't it wasn't like they weren't trying to pull them all over your eyes that you knew that they wanted to sort of get this electronic sound going yeah <coughs> excuse me <coughs> um now i think from the beginning of the song it, it's industrial 
Yeah. I hear the sound effects. I hear the atmosphericness that it's trying to portray. And straight away, you hear something that's different to new metal. Let's let's take new metal as an example. Yeah. Um, again, unless the new metal band is focused on like electronics um, or electronic sounds, I thought that from the off of this song, which is called Zero Signal, by the way, we should have mentioned that. We should. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zero Signal. Yeah. The verses of this song reminded me of Sepultura. Oh my gosh. Really raw, yes. very tribalistic, very deathy in a sense. You know, we said already death metal, you know, from the first album. Yeah. Um I I so agree with that. And I actually went back and listened to Sepultura today just to one. just to check my uh my thoughts, you know, if I was correct, I was like, oh, this is like so <laughs> Sepultura. Um, but yeah, I think that the beauty of Fear Factory for me at this stage, you know, just talking about the second song, is um, the blend of genres. Yeah, industrial metal mainly, yes, absolutely. But there are just so many hints of other stuff. Yeah, and what's good is that it's, it's not trying to, okay, we're going to write this song like a death metal song, mm. and this song's going to yeah. be a new metal. It is all industrial metal, but you can hear signs of things that came before, like yeah. the deathiness. Yeah. Even in some elements, some thrash. Very, you yes. know, not, not too much, but... But there are some. And you can also see how it paved the way Oh yeah, totally. in certain ways, because I'm going to talk about something in the next song. Totally. Um, at 3 minutes 12 of Zero Signal, I thought the bridge was so electronic and programmed, and I really, really enjoyed it. It actually added a completely new dynamic, um, mm. because a lot of metal music focuses on the standard metal instrumentation, which is either the guitar, the drums, the bass, or the vocals. Yeah. And just to have something, listen, this is not the first time I've heard synth over a metal song. You know, This isn't new to yeah. me, like in that sense, but to have such, to have it so prominently done mm -hmm. and to, in such an excessive way, excessive, yeah. but not overdone. I really enjoyed it. I did a really nice texture to the song. Yeah, same here, yeah. same here. And I still enjoyed the vocals, their formula that we, you know, mentioned. Um, I think it just really works. I, I think it does the job of, it, it con contrasts having the really yeah. heavy sections and then going something very atmospheric and progressive. And I think it's nice because it kind of ties the song together more and it makes it more accessible because you can have a chorus, like, you know, take a death song any song by the band death and the chorus will be of the same nature as yeah. the verse or the bridge or the intro whatever the idea will not change because that's what death is and that's what death metal is whereas with this the chorus kind of completely changes the vibe of the song mm -hmm. but it doesn't affect the song negatively it, I don't sit there and go, oh, do you know what? I love the verse, but I don't like this chorus. I think it all really ties in and works no, together. And for people who don't like song uh, metal that's only growling, you've now got a little bit of accessibility. Because I don't, for example. I, I really struggle with just like death growls, especially with stuff that's so low, you know, the growls that you can't really tell the lyrics. You like to hear words. I right? like to yeah. hear words. Uh, it matters to me. Like, I would read the lyrics sometimes. I know you don't really care as much as i do but i really do care about the story behind it i like lyrics i just think that the vocals are just another instrument for me no fair enough but you I think they're the main no i don't yeah, you're a singer you have to think no that. i don't that's the thing i really don't i can appreciate other instruments this is why lyrics mean a lot to me because i take them as a big you know deal. yeah well there's two there's 
with with vocals you're doing two things you're, you're with, with a guitar you're only getting one thing out with a bass it's only one with drums it's only one with vocals you're not only getting a melody or yeah. a or a, a rhythm out you're also getting words out and i was joking about the the singing thing but um no, no i get it you is important, I get of course you. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah yeah do you have anything more to say about zero signal um no i thought that you know how we said that it sort of gets simplified um instrumentally and i thought that it got simplified towards the end i feel like i heard even like a piano or something like keys in the outro and oh that was beautiful again something for everyone Mm. yeah okay so the next song we're doing is uh the song is called shock and it's from the album obsolete uh, which was released in 1998 now another critically acclaimed album this was the follow-up to demanufacture and it solidified their status as kind of industrial metal mm. giants if you want to call it maybe they weren't giants at the time but industrial metal the, the one of the key performers in industrial metal um and so this is the song shock uh, so go and check that one out now for me this was very i heard machine head all through this machine early head. machine head early machine because oh. machine head had had this early garage sound okay. which just meant kind of raw production simplified arrangements and instrumentation it's hard because you could lump machine head in with the new metal crowd right. but for me new metal is taking the base of metal and adding something unique Rage yeah. the machine added rap and funk lincoln park added rap System yeah. of a Down are added Armenian folk music, you know. Yeah. So I don't really think Machine Head added anything special, but they still had that kind of simplified. Let's focus more on groove. Groove. That's the perfect word because people think Machine Head are a groove metal band, and I, I, I wouldn't disagree. But when when I say garage, I just mean very simplified in terms yeah. of production, arrangement, instrumentation. That's what I mean. And it had this kind of garagey feel to it, and it really reminded me of Machine Head. I thought that was cool. But despite all I said about how raw it is and how simplified it is, this song Shock was so tight and organized and disciplined. I thought it's like I said, it had the groove and the bounce of new metal, yeah. but they had the tightness yeah. and execution of a death metal song, for example. Yeah. Really well done. I, like that. I really enjoyed that one. Mm. And I actually went and listened to other things as well on the album. And again, really enjoyed it. But I love new metal as well. So that really, yeah, that that really worked for me. I also thought that uh, that song felt even more electronic and futuristic. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, the, I think futuristic would be the right well, the word. Ex- yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. The extended final chorus, just all through the last chorus, had these underlying effects, mm-hmm. these synth sounds, these electronic uh, samples, or whatever, uh, and the outro as well will have those kind of like electronic record scratches. Um, I heard in the music of this song, I heard early Slipknot. Okay, yeah. Any kind of like, it's just funny for me in this song, if you, if there was vocals in it, I heard Machine Head. If mm-hmm. there was just music, especially in the first few minutes, it was early Slipknot to me. Uh, and because of that, I really enjoyed it because I like Machine Head and I like Slipknot. Oh, I so it's not, like, why not? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, it is. And I think we're, we're still continuing with those really heavy guitars and drums. And that is another kind of underlying thing that we can see throughout, I think, everything. I think every, it's like with the vocals, you know, there's a formula going on. But, the, you know, guitars do change and it gets simplified and drums get simplified, but there's all so much energy in it. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah, Really, yeah, yeah. really lots of energy. And, yeah, love it. Yeah, excellent. Um, so the next song we're going to do is Lynchpin, which is from 2001's um, Digimortal. 
This album was slightly more melodic and mainstream. It touched a bit more of a, a melodic kind of nerve, if you like. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought this the first really interesting point I have to make is that you can hear the kick drum at the start of the song. Yeah, it sounds programmed, or, yes. or if not, if not programmed, heavily produced. I actually think I read something about them using drum machine there. Yeah, well, that that doesn't surprise me. You can hear it. Sometimes you might have just put a kick drum down and really overproduced. It's like a lot of low end over there. It's a compressor, a reverb, mm. or something. Mm. You can get around it by doing that. But yeah. I feel like they actually used a programmed kick drum here because you can hear it. So it's yeah. like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> well, you know, not just the nice big fat kick yeah. you get. Um, and again, this is just another sign of them in being industrial. They've written yeah. a heavy song, but used a programmed electronic kick drum. You know, I thought that, that, that sums up a little, uh, yeah. industrial for you. I think Lynchpin, so the song is called Lynchpin. Did we say that? I see, yes. Yeah, cool. So Lynchpin, I thought that was really dancey. And again, it just like had this bounce yeah. to it. I got verses groovy Loved and it. very produced. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I think um, what worked really well for me is the fact that um, Again, vocals and the verses blended really well with the industrial characteristics, you know, like effects on the voice and the chorus. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it just works so well with the with the composition, with the song itself. I think the drums were much simpler as well, actually, coming back to the drums, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it was programmed, maybe it's just because they've yeah. actually meant for it to be that way. It's so. easier to do if it's programmed. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, it gives it a vibe mm -hmm. yeah and i thought the whole song had that kind of vibe just very groovy yeah. very very laid back um i've got almost rappy almost yeah. limp bisky now fear factory fans will not like that i said that but it did i mean it did almost have that rappy vibe to it and again i could have said yeah do you know i've got conversational slash rappy vocals there you go there yeah you go. so yeah totally. i thought the chorus sounded empty but i don't think that's a bad thing Despite all the production, I think the rest of the music is so, I don't want to say in your face, but it's so technical yeah. and organized and structured and well thought out. But when the chorus yeah. comes along, it just, it felt like half of that stuff was removed, but instead we were treated to, to a lovely chorus. I had no problems with it. It just felt like there was a real change in tone when it went to the chorus of Lynchpin and I enjoyed it, definitely um yeah it, i actually have that lots of it felt like there's like lots of production in the chorus yeah yeah, yeah definitely and like like i said in the first song you kind of have this, this day and night thing with fear factory or at least from the songs we've checked out where you got really heavy intro and verses that are almost mm. death metal and then you go to a chorus where it just completely changes the atmosphere and it's a bit more progressive a bit more atmospheric definitely more produced um right. from 235 the chorus to the end, lots of effects again. And I like this because I like that you can essentially start a song with a really heavy vibe, really almost death metal-y. Then, as I said just now, you switch it over to that atmospheric proggy thing. But in the end, you combine them. Yeah. As the outro of the song comes, you keep that heaviness, you retain mm -hmm. it, but then you add in those, those um, sound effects, electronic samples, all that stuff, and you get a really, you get the marriage of both things at the end, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, fantastic. Nobody likes to be compared with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, that is 100% true. But I just, do you know what? There was a moment, who said that? Sean. Sean, yeah. There's a moment, Sean, where I just, 
you know when you hear something in just split second you think oh my yeah, god yeah. biscuit like i i, I promise i would have chosen someone else if, I, <laughs> if i'd have known um are you happy you done with linchpin yes yeah okay so now um what we've done is, as you know is we've done this chronologically so you know with the songs but now we get to some um some different stuff in happening in the band so in 2001 dino cazares left the band mm -hmm. um it's cited as creative differences so trouble you know issues with agreeing on things in the studio i heard there was a full-on uh fight happened between um uh, dino and the singer maybe uh during oh. the recording process oh, yes. personal tensions so yeah. music and gigs and professionalism aside issues just with being with each other being in a room together disagreements over the band's direction and management and i think this is quite important because this comes up a lot and as we go mm -hmm. on there'd be some more mm -hmm. problems yeah. um the bass player replaced him in the band yes he did on and there's just, there was just a lot of drama at that point and i was reading about it and i'm just thinking how can you create in this um atmosphere yeah it's tough it's tricky and it's just a shame really you know if we're being honest it's just a shame but what happened after this so um we've got archetype coming out. yeah but just before archetype yeah. the band took a break yes. so the band went on hiatus yeah. and this was important because this is where all the legal battles happened and this is where a lot of bad stuff went down so for all of the reasons I mentioned above about Dino and his issues yeah. and why he left the band, after Dino departed, there became legal disputes with other members of the band, um, most notably Burton C. Bell, the singer. Oh, no. Yes, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, and yeah, Raymond it was Herrera. Yeah. Um, the league, uh, and this, this emerged, what am I going to say, with, with battles over the rights and royalties of songs. Yeah. So Dino Cazares has left the band, mm -hmm. but the other band members will know, well, hold on, who's written what, who gets paid what. For those who don't know, you know, you can split an album. You can say, okay, well, Dino wrote all the music, but all of us, or let's do it the other way. The whole band wrote the music, but Dino wrote the lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not true. I'm just as an, as an example. It's just an example, yeah. <laughs> so because of that, we're going to split. So, so all the money that we make from the album, we're going to split it in half, music and lyrics. With this, this the, the music side, we split into four, because four band members, and everyone gets their share. The lyric money only goes to Dino because he wrote the lyrics. For example, this is yeah. how you could do it. So with Dino leaving the band and him being one of the founding members, it was quite hard to settle these things. Yeah. And it took three years to resolve these. Oh so by 2004, the legal issues were resolved. And what Burton Bell and Raymond Herrera wanted mm -hmm. is they wanted to use the Fear Factory name because Dino left Fear Factory, but I think there was an issue of, okay, can we still tour under Fear Factory? Can we still use it if Dino's not in the band? And it all got resolved a few years later. But the thing is, is that the resolution, excuse me, uh, the resolution coincided with band members pursuing the other projects. So they all have other bands. Yeah. And so Fear Factory kind of essentially, uh, some people call it breakup, but I might just right. call it hiatus, which means yeah. uh, an extended break. So it kind of like they won the battle to use the Fear Factory name, but it didn't matter because they were doing other bands anyway. Yeah. Uh, and one more point to make is that they hadn't actually fulfilled their contractual obligations to the record label and so some of you if you're looking at the fear factory page you might see the album concrete there now concrete is the first album they wrote if i'm not mistaken and the album was initially shelved they didn't want to put it out but they owed the label one more 
album. And so they were like, screw it, take that. <laughs> and so I they actually released Concrete. think, I'm pretty sure about it, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think Label just released it without them knowing. I don't know about that. Maybe that, yeah, maybe you're right. Because um, it was like, there was like a drama about it. Well, that's um, the thing. So yeah, I read that the album had been shelved, which means that they just yeah. put it put it to the back. So if the label had that, and the guy's like, screw it, we're not doing another album. Maybe that's you're right. Maybe the I label took it and said, we're going to release it. I think that's what happened, which is just, oh, that's dramatic. Yeah. You know? And especially <laughs> twice. If, and you've got to think as well, if you mm. didn't want that music released, yeah, and you didn't right. want anyone... Yeah, listening to that yeah you yeah. would and you know this is this is where you get into a big mm. debate about labels and what yeah. they're doing if they're worth yeah. it and all that stuff but anyway next yeah. song yes next song so uh the next song is called archetype off of the album archetype um and it was released in 2004 so this album was recorded without Kazaris. that's right yes but in in place of that it kind of returned to that classic sound yes Return to like this industrial metal sound that they yeah, had. Yeah, just the with the heaviness, but also with yeah. the effects on it, because the last album, as we said, is a bit more melodic, a bit more mainstream. Um, but yeah, so what are your thoughts on the song? Well, um, I I've enjoyed it probably a bit less than other stuff okay. for whatever reason. I don't actually know. I can't put like I, I can't I can't tell you. Yeah, I can't tell you why. Uh, but I mean, overall, it's good. But it, you know. Uh, do you, do you want no, a bit of drama? Okay, drama is the word of, our, um, yeah. of the stream today. <laughs> the Fear Factory episode. Exactly. Keyword drama. Drama. Um, apparently, yeah. this particular song is actually dedicated to Kazarius. Oh yes, yeah, I read something about that. It's yeah. like uh, the lyric is, you guys have to hear it. The lyric is, the infection has been removed. The soul of this machine has improved. Oh, that hurts. Doesn't it? That's a, yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what? We'll talk about it in, in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's more appropriate. So there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was that was in the song actually. <laughs> that was the lyric in the song. So. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I I, I like. First of all, I just say I like all of the songs. I never. Yeah. I didn't really have a problem with any of them. Yeah. I quite enjoyed them all. But this one, to me, eighties Iron Maiden. The galloping with the synth behind just really kind of exuded and a simple harmonic progression, you know, with the earlier music, because it was so riff based, you wouldn't really get, I mean, of course you get chords played, but it wasn't focused on the chords. Whereas in this one is very simple chord movement. Um, and that's what really reminded me of Iron Maiden, just really yeah. simple, but the galloping the dun, 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 with the synth going behind it. I thought the intro could be just straight out of like seven son of a seven son. Um, yeah. But interestingly, the song feels freer compared to other songs. What do you mean by freer? I felt it just felt a little looser. Okay. It, and that's not a bad thing. Whereas we're talking about how tight all the other songs were and the intricacy of the production and how technical some of the stuff is. Mm -hmm. This just felt a little freer. That, that's the only word I can think to use. Okay. Freer, looser. I don't see uh, the next word that comes to me is unstable, but I don't mean unstable because it is stable. It was a really good song. And this is where I mentioned that we're definitely seeing a theme from this band with the open drawn out choruses mm -hmm. compared to the tight technical kind of verses and intros. Um, and that's something I really liked about it. Yeah. yeah this, I enjoyed I it. Enjoy um, it's like, I think I enjoyed the first four just a bit more. Yeah. Not that this song wasn't, 
good or anything. No, it was. It was. I still enjoyed it. It's just some things, you know, you like a bit more than others. Sometimes you choose um, our favourites, don't we? We haven't actually done that, but we'll have to do it at the end. Ooh, okay, cool. Sounds good. Yes. Yeah. So um, a year later, they released the album called Transgression. And Transgression was quite criticised, uh, received mixed reviews just from, it just deviated too far from what the fans associated with Fear Factory. They wanted this tight-knit metal sound that was very industrial with heaviness and growls, and they didn't get it with Transgression. Uh, now, in 2009, Dino Cazares returns to the band. No. Drama. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, many, many complications and legal issues still still happening well, because the singer left the band two years ago burton c bell yeah. did he now he's like i don't know about this you mean two years ago now yeah yeah like so, 2021 or something yes yes sorry you're right i thought you meant 2000 so yeah they're still battling over whether he can sing fit back to yeah. his songs or whatever it's just the whole yeah that's that's now <laughs> yeah it's been going on for years but in Goodness. 2009 there were still many complications and legal issues. So they fired managers, they left the record label, and then you had all the stuff to sort out about Dino returning. Imagine you just sorted out, right, he's left. So now, okay, he, I'm going to get this percent of this, and he's going to get that, and now we're not going to have to work with him. And then he comes back, oh, I have many years later. Goodness, yeah, just a bit of a... Um, a year later, you have the 2010 album Mechanize, and this album went down quite well. You know, I think I don't think I think fans must have been happy that Dino came back. Yeah, I maybe bet. there's maybe he has a little something that he just injects into the band that gives them that. Extra. Well, I think it's just the fact that he's a founding member as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, it there's just something. There's a history, and when there's a history, it's just purely on a human level. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you have a connection. Yeah, you have a connection. Uh, as I said, well received, really liked by fans and critics uh, because it was a kind of a return to an earlier sound. Uh, two years later, we have The Industrialist, which is the next album. And again, very well received and enjoyed. Uh, and this was interesting because it explored themes about artificial intelligence, cool. which 10 years later, we're now you know, living in a world of AI almost. Yeah. So um, yeah, interesting. Next song, and the final song. song from our new to us. Well, the last song we're going to talk about is called Regenerate. And it's off of I don't know how to pronounce that. Genexus. <laughs> Genexus, I'd say. Genexus. Yeah. Uh, 2015 Genexus album. Yeah, I just think they, again, established their formula that we spoke about. It's... Uh, I can still hear hints of death metal in that, but, it, yeah. you know... It, it hasn't changed. No, no. Not, not much, no. I'd say. Um, interesting to note, actually, Genexus as, as an album, it was another well-received album, and uh, the fans consider it a really important addition to their discography. Okay. Okay. Um, they loved the balance between the melodic and heavy elements. Remember earlier we said they had that melodic nice. and mainstream stuff that fans didn't really get on with? Mm. Well, now they found the perfect balance with Genexus. Um, and I think that might be funny as to why it's my favourite song oh, of those seven, six. Why? That. Just, just so that. The, the blend. Okay, I thought there was like a... <laughs> Deeper meaning no, to it. I'm just like... <laughs> really nice and melodic in places, but also mm. really retaining that heaviness from earlier on. Um, lots of programmed electronic synths and yeah, samples yeah, of this, yeah. even from the start. I thought that it was just like, okay, basically, we've listened to six songs that outline and define the career of Fear Factory. And it's funny that we're hearing. First song, not much, not much industrial. Yeah. Next few songs, okay, you get the A. The industrial was there, so it's obvious. 
but the last song they start it as industrial as you can get just with synths and programmed samples all over the place i thought that is a band that fully embraced yeah, their industrial yeah. side they're like yeah we're industrial yeah no problem uh and again machine heady for me machine heady just think, I, just I think it's mainly the vocals i didn't think about machine head but it makes sense yeah it makes total sense um bridge synth very cool and another very similar chorus with clean sung drawn yeah. out chorus uh drawn out vocals um yeah. that really kind of spread it out give you a nice little breather from uh the hecticness and of the, the effects verses. worked as well quite nicely yeah. on the clean vocal Perfect. so yeah no really enjoyable um i want to thank you so much for this experience you guys yeah good song choices good. as well yeah um and now you listen to Demanufacture. Well, tell, tell everyone what you feel about Demanufacture. Yeah, because uh, lots of people suggested just to listen the whole just, album, to yeah. the whole album, you guys. <laughs> um, we could do it at some point, yeah, just as an album. Um, I listened to Demanufacture and I listened to Digimortal today, just because you see, I like new metal and it worked really well for me. Uh, both of these albums actually did. Um, I did enjoy Demanufactured just for this really classic industrial metal sound that it brings. Uh, but that's just in a nutshell. I think we should do a video on it. Okay. Um, we should. Why not? We'll do that in there at some point. So, yeah, it is a very enjoyable experience. And I'm really new to industrial metal. Mm. Very. I mean, I heard some Rammstein before, but just like everyone has. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for that. So to finish off with Fear Factory's little timeline, uh, in 2021, they released their latest album called Aggression Continuum. And just when you thought, okay, the Fear Factory, it's all good now, everyone's happy. Oh. <laughs> More drama. <laughs> September 2020, Dino Cazares announces it's going to be a new album in 2021. Christ. One month later, Burton Seabell announces he is quitting. Yeah. He, he was very, very frustrated with promises being made that weren't being fulfilled, him being told about things that weren't happening, you know, like this, like Dino announcing there's a new album. He's like, hold on, what's going on here? Oh, seriously? Yeah, because Burton's vocals for this album were recorded in oh. 2017, oh. but they only started doing adding drums and mixing it in 2020, I believe. And so more years of legal battles, personnel changes, musical differences. Um, and yeah. now, at this point, Dino is the only original member left. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Fallen out with... It yeah. makes me very sad when this happens to bands. And it's not like, it's not new. They're not the only bands that's happened to. Oh, gosh, yeah. um, and it's just like, it's not all just happy, creative atmosphere. You know, let's write songs and just inform them. It's just not that by far sometimes yeah. i think an interesting thing as well is i would when i was reading all this stuff i thought i struggle on a personal level to to differentiate between a personal and a professional relationship yeah you would in the sense yeah. of but I, I can do it and i have done it being a professional musician you've had to do that you have to address professional issues to do with the artist you're playing for the the, the company and band you're playing with mm. and then you can also still be friends like you have to be friends like yeah, it's course. just um but the thing i thought was interesting is how after all these arguments and legal battles and compensation and sorting this out how you and be and, and be normal again. I didn't yeah, get it. I, I don't thought know. it was just hard. Go into the rehearsal room. Yeah, knowing that six yeah. months ago, this guy 
was was fighting to give you less of a percentage of your work. I know. I find it really odd, really I odd. Know. And it's a shame because it seems to have impacted um fear factories. I mean, who knows what who knows where they could be in like the echelons of metal mm -hmm. yeah if these yeah. things hadn't happened Who and we see that? it all the way through everything it starts with the beatles um all the way through you've got you know <laughs> yeah there, there are more it's head. just such a shame it, it is it really is and honestly i can't imagine that would really affect the creative process for me yeah. for me personally like i would i'm just thinking like right okay would i be okay with that could i just be like okay there's like we're going to court tomorrow but yeah let's rehearse yeah i know i mean in the end though mm -hmm. by definition these guys are professionals yeah by definition they're getting paid to to sing and to play so maybe maybe the professionalism is something that you never look at and you think about an original band if you think okay well you're going to go and play for the national philharmonic orchestra right that's right that's a job you've been hired to do but when you when you put a band together with your friends you don't think about the professional aspects of it but having done it for 10 15 years like fear factory yeah. so with fear factory having done it for like 10 or 15 years professionalism must come into it they must be able to yeah. to discern between professional and personal relationships i think it's all wait it's all down to money isn't it yeah let's be honest yeah it's all when big bucks come in especially know, you know yeah. it's, it gets a bit more difficult my final point is that aggression continuum was well received and critically acclaimed so they went out on a high i mean they're still going they're playing near us this weekend yes yeah they're playing in there's Bristol. a new singer yes there is yeah 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 i haven't heard of the guy before no and but, i haven't heard yeah, him either frankly, um there's a new singer so there you go the uh but the bell Bell, the bell, <laughs> Burton, Burton Bell. bell. No, um, no, Burton the Bell. That's what we call him. Yeah, um, he's um, he wanted to sing less heavy stuff apparently. So he wanted to do like alternative rock and stuff. Can you believe it? That's quite common for this industrial metal uh, platform because you, it's such an experimental genre. Yeah. That it doesn't surprise me that people go out there. You go and listen to Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. They've got music that you could class as oh, not everything. You know, he hasn't got you know do what music, but so much, so many different kinds of experimental music. Really going really heavy with the metal and yeah. focusing on um, uh, funky stuff. There's a song by Nine Inch Nails called All Time Low that is so funky, and I only found out about it because one of my favorite bass players, Pino Palladino, plays on that song. Mm -hmm. And when I listened to it, I was like, my God, this is funky. Who is this? Nine Inch Nails? Wait, wow. sorry, the industrial metal band, Nine Inch Nails. So there uh, you go. Maybe he yeah. was just, he, apparently, this word, read, he just wanted to do something else. Yeah. And but there, there you, you go. go. Um, I hated, we just have a comment, I hated when Business Ruins bands, Dave Lombardo's exit from Slayer was sour point for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I think, Slayer's last lineup was with Lombardo, wasn't it? Is, is in if I know that they're, they're ended now, aren't they? But Dave Lombardo came back into the fold. But you yes. still just feel how do you come back into that rehearsal room? How is that first rehearsal where Paul Bostaff's been playing Slayer drums for how many years and Dave Lombardo comes back in? It's like, hi guys, you know, how, how were the last 10 years? Um, yeah, let's let's just forget that you kicked me out or this oh. that and the other and the worst one for me is bill ward from black sabbath oh especially not getting to play on the not, not getting to play on the last album not being part of their show 
for the final yeah. one. Now, wow. I've heard that Bill Ward was less than good at this stage. He's, he's I mean, all the Sabbath are old guys now. Yeah. And so maybe if, if he if he physically couldn't keep up with mm. the demands, understandable. Yeah. We got Tommy Plufetos in instead, and he was a brilliant drummer. Was it him? I yeah, I think actually I actually don't know. No, I saw them a download, and I think it was Tommy Plufetos that oh. played. You saw them the I did, yeah. So Tommy Clufetos played with them live, but the Rage Against the Machine drummer recorded 13. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it just, I mean, I think it's you've said enough about, it's a shame. about band lives. Yeah, it's a huge shame. And I feel like where you know the band has had a consistent lineup for years, there's a certain, you know, warmth you feel mm, yeah. about them. Be like, oh, good for you guys. Been there 30 years. When it all changes, going. it loses it. But, I know. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, thoughts on Fear Factory? Loved it. Going to check out more stuff. Already yeah. listened to two albums. Um, we'll be listening to more, certainly. Um, really love the... The vocals, of course I do. I, I love the growls. I love the energy. I love the clean versus distorted vocal. I love the guitars. I love the drums. It's so energetic. And I love the industrial side of it. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, so much groove as well. So much groove. So yeah, overall, loved it. I think I'm actually going to become an industrial metal fan and uh, going to go and explore more and more things because of this experience. So thank you so much for, for introducing me to Fear Factory. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought that the industrial side of it was a breath of fresh air because like I said, I don't listen to music, uh, to metal music with much synths. Yeah. You know, Iron Maiden sticks some synths in in Seventh Son of the Seventh Son, but that, you know, it's not a new type of music. Exactly. They didn't, it was just a little experimentation. It's making things a little proggy. Um, but yeah, for, 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 for the electronic, for the technical, electronic, mechanical side of it to be such a feature, I really enjoyed. I don't know why I expected it to be like, but I suppose I didn't expect it to be so heavy in points. And I loved yeah. that it was. No, I didn't. And I okay. loved that it was. And then at the same time, those kind of progressive and atmospheric choruses yeah. really reminded me of Tool. I thought as a chorus, yes, you like, said that too, yeah, yeah, I just thought this sounds like Tool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because hmm. people call Tool a prog metal band, which I completely agree with. But actually, I think it's just, I think Fear Factory is just like a much heavier version of Tool. <laughs> less less technical and less odd time signatures and everything. But yeah, I don't know. But ultimately, I did enjoy it. And I'm definitely going to check out Demanufacture first. Um, because that's the key one, apparently. Yeah. yeah, it is a very good album. It is a very good album. Um, Shall we? Thank you very much, you guys. We'll see you again very soon on another new to us video. Please make sure you subscribe to us. You uh, support us on all socials. It's just us doing this, uh, us doing all the research, all the prep, all the posting. And we really need your support. In this we really do and thank you to those of you who already do it thank you so much yeah a little click a little like a little yeah <laughs> every little helps if you know anyone who loves metal just point them our way please because you know yeah, yeah always always helpful so thank you and we love the doing this new to us we'll yeah, do another one great. soon we'll get your opinions on the next really one yeah so take care and have a metal day have a lovely day we'll see you very soon